0: I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.imturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I am turkey hunting. And also, feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 153, Vacation and Important Turkey Hunting Safety Lessons. And I am your host and the guy who is on vacation this week, as I kind of hinted to in the title. So I'm actually at the beautiful Gulf Coast And I'm at Fort Walton Beach this week watching and playing in the fall beach volleyball tournament here. And the truth of the matter is that I'm actually doing much more watching than playing. And today I disappointed myself by not getting in a nap because I ended up working about six to seven hours today. And I ended up working so much on vacation that I missed almost every one of my bride's volleyball games today, which was a bummer. But tomorrow's workload looks to be a little bit lighter, so I believe there will be more volleyball watching, adult beverage tasting, and napping going on and I'm pretty excited about that. So today we are 168 days, 13 hours, 36 minutes and 30 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So I had today's episode ready to record for you guys but I'm changing directions on you. I'm going to save that episode for another week and I am bringing you guys a repeat of a great safety reminder that we could all stand to hear again, especially those of us who will be taking to public land to chase wild turkeys this fall or winter. So today I have the interview with Corporal Dave Painter with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources that I'm going to replay for you guys because there are some really good tips in this interview that can help to keep us safe if we will follow Corporal Painter's recommendations. So, Since I'm in that vacation state of mind, sit back, relax, but listen closely. And I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am excited to tell you that I have on the line with me today Corporal Dave Painter, who is with the Law Enforcement Division of the Department of Natural Resources for the state of Michigan. And Dave is going to talk to us today about a topic that, well, If you hunt public land, then you probably have had something come up along this line before in the past. And we're going to talk about etiquette, and I'm sure it's going to bleed a little bit over into safety for turkey hunting public land. So, Dave, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come on and chat with us and go over this topic that I'm sure we can all learn a little bit from. And I know we all will hope that the people who are hunting the public land next to us will listen to this episode and learn a few things so that it'll help us have a little bit more enjoyment and a little bit more safety out there. So how are you and where are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Andy, and I am located in the west end of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan.
0: Okay. What is it like there today? What's the weather like?
1: Uh, actually, in Lower Michigan, we're getting snowstorms this morning. Wow. Uh, in the UP, it's in the uh, it's low 40s and windy and sunny.
0: Okay. Well, we're about 20 degrees warmer than you, and the same windy and sunny. So I guess you guys had the same front come through yesterday or the day before that we had, huh?
1: Sounds like it. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, and I know you're a turkey hunter because you and I chatted before I hit the record button here. So tell us how you got into turkey hunting yourself.
1: Yeah, first of all, I'm a, I'm a conservation officer in, in uh, the state of Michigan and have been for 22 years. And I got into turkey hunting about 25 years ago uh, as part of the turkey reintroduction program. They were reintroduced into my my home county in lower Michigan, where I used mm-hmm. to live, and though we didn't have a turkey hunt there yet, they hadn't been established enough to, to hunt them, It got my interest up and I put in for a, a lottery tag north of me about three hours and drew one. And I started reading everything I could about turkeys. And back then, uh, we had a, a few, I think we could rent a couple turkey hunting VHS tapes from my local video store. Yeah. I watched everything I could and, and read every article I could. And kind of that's how I got into it. And then after my first hunt, I was I was hooked.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Did you have some success on that first hunt?
1: I, I did. Right at the end of my first hunt, I was able to harvest a nice big tom.
0: Very nice. So,
1: 25 years now that's kind of been one of my passions is turkey hunting in the
0: spring yeah yeah awesome yeah when you're able to have some success on your first hunt out it it does uh help to keep things or at least to keep you interested for sure yes
1: i remember getting up at 2 30 in the morning to be at this spot to hunt on that that last day that i went and uh and it was it was well worth
0: very cool well about A month and a half, maybe two months ago at the NWTF convention in Nashville, I had a listener of the show come up to me and suggest this show topic. And I thought it was a pretty good idea to do it. You know, first of all, it won't help those of us who are considerate of other hunters on public land to get a little gentle reminder. But secondly, I think it'll be good for us to really keep in mind why we need to be considerate of the other hunters that are hunting on the public land as well, and that is safety. And so I know that wild turkeys can make us turkey hunters do some crazy and often stupid and unsafe things when we chase them. A lot like, you know, the the drink wild turkey makes us do some crazy and stupid things after we chase too much of that with some water or cola. But I want to talk to you today about really how we hunt public land and how we treat other hunters on that property while we are hunting it. And I know that there's a lot of public land in Michigan and there are a lot of hunters as well. So I wanted to get someone on from Michigan to cover this topic with us because you guys have so much public land and you do have so many hunters on that land. And so I appreciate you coming on with us and scouting an area on public land for a month or two months before season starts. And they get to that spot opening morning and they see a truck parked in that area. So what should we do from that point? You know, our natural instinct is to say, well, that's mine. That's my area. You know, I, I want to hunt this area, but what, what should we do from there?
1: Sure. Yeah, we get so much vested in it, and and sometimes we feel like we've done so much work that that's kind of our guaranteed spot, or, or we've hunted there so many years, and, and we get this a lot uh, during deer season also, uh, where someone says, I've hunted there for 25 years, and these guys come in and set up on me. Well, it is public land, and we have to share it with everybody, unfortunately, and, and sometimes this time of year, we... We're not only competing with turkey hunters. We might have mushroom pickers, or hikers, or birders, or horseback riders, or you never know Very who you are going to run into. Those and, and some of them have no idea that turkey season is even going on. Um, so we have to be, you know, cognizant of, of these other so users out there. One of the things I do is is go up and look in that vehicle and see, try to determine. Why they're there. Is there a gun case on the on the seat, or some chemical ring or, a, or a, a box of shotgun shells? Mm-hmm. And then, and then if it is, you know, if, if we're hunting public lands in the first place, we should have a backup plan because we are sharing it with so many other people. Right. So at that point, you know, you may be able to determine which direction they traveled by foot tracks. You may be able to see how many people got out of the vehicle, or are there tracks getting out of the passenger side also? Maybe there's maybe there's hunters in two different directions there also. Some of the things I would look at, and then like I said. You know, if you know that area, you, you may know where the birds are roosted. And if these tracks are going the opposite direction, maybe you'll be able to hunt that area. Maybe it's time to, to go to plan B and find another area or go to your another area that you have picked out.
0: Okay. All right. So, And, and that's something that I never even really thought about was going and looking in the vehicle because that's going to tell you everything. If you look in my truck right now, in my console, there are two tube calls, a wingbone call, I think two or three diaphragms, and that's not even the calls that I carry with me. So <laughs> sure,
1: sure, those are your practice calls that, that uh, your spouse doesn't want to hear you practicing in the house with all the time. You got it. Practical. yeah, yeah. Or another, you know, another good thing is we've all we've all worked them birds off the roost, and they pitch down with some hens, and they go the opposite direction. Maybe go to your backup plan and come back there at midday. And, uh, boy, boy, the last few years I've had some great success at midday where these birds fly off the roost and they're dead silent. And I go back at midday and they're, and they just about come running in once, once the hens are on the nest or, or such, you know, that maybe, maybe give them their crack, come back when that truck's not there and give it another try.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, I guess really the tables are turned. We get to to our hunting spot and no one's there. So we park our vehicle. What is a good way for us to let someone that might come to that area after we do know that we are hunting in that area and hope they'll get the hint not to come in there? Sure,
1: sure. Um, Communication is, key, and I know some of us are all scouting all the time and scouting the weekend before or the evening before, trying to put birds on the roost. What I do even before I get to opening day or, or opening weekend or where I may run into other hunters, if I'm in that area and I'm meeting a, a vehicle on a on a dirt road, I'll slow down or roll down my window and stop and and just start talking to them. And part of it's from doing my job for so many years. I think uh, just curiosity, but in this day and age, we're all looking at that little cell phone that we carry around. And that's our communication. We've almost forgot how to talk to people. Right. If you see people in your hunting area, talk to them. And, and and you know, maybe it is a mushroom picker that just just uh, says, well, we're not turkey hunters, but boy, we saw a big bird up the road here. And, you know, maybe you can even gather some information from them. But if you talk to them and, and they're planning on hunting, maybe if you approach it like, hey, I, I don't want to mess up your hunt in the morning. Where are you guys planning on being? And, and you approach it that way, they'll usually tell you, you know, in a general area where they're going to be. To help avoid them but once you're in into the public area and you and you're hunting you can leave a note on your on your dash or tape it to your window it says turkey hunting and, and maybe give a general idea other than that you know I, I guess just just try to communicate with other people in your area ahead of time we, we all know those people that show up opening day and just wander out onto the public land there's going to be those people that you may have to deal with uh, I had one one year that was a bird I was working uh, and it was in, a, it was in a field and I heard a vehicle stop out on the road. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew, I had a guy crawling between me mm-hmm. or between me and the bird. Yeah. And when he was in line with my decoy, he still hadn't seen my decoy or before me. I remember reaching into my pocket where I had a Hunter Orange decoy bag that folded up that I carried my decoys in and that and uh, folded that up and I brought it out of my, on my lap and I whistled at him and I waved it around. Now, most people with any ethics or if they were brought up right at all, would kind of wave and say, you know, kind of sneak back out to their vehicle. Right. This guy continued belly crawling towards towards the bird that was gobbling and calling like crazy until the bird just shot right down. And uh he went out, I heard his truck start, I heard him leave eventually. But, you know, unfortunately, we can't regulate ethics. It, it, it's true. It's, it's one of those things where if we let our tempers get the best of us, you know, nothing good is going to come out of that. Everybody's got, you know, firearms and, and I guess I raised three boys and, I wish I wish I knew how many times over the years I said, "Just be the bigger man, and I guess you know that's
0: that's what it comes down to, yeah, you're right, you're right about that. well, you know walk in hunting areas are I think getting more and more popular with a lot of states, and I think it's really good, and that's an area that I like to hunt in because I usually don't like to hunt out of my vehicle we we miss so much. By hunting out of a vehicle, by driving down the road a quarter of a mile and getting out and hooting or crow calling and then jumping back in the vehicle if there's no gobble or no response to our our locator calls and driving another quarter mile down the road and doing the same thing. I'm the type of hunter who likes to get out and walk. And... The walk-in hunting areas are appealing to me for that reason of knowing that, okay, I can get out here and I can walk and not have anybody just come whizzing past me in a vehicle and pull up, you know, 100 yards in front of me like fishermen often have people do when they're fishing and get cut off by other people in a a bass boat getting in front of them. But the walk-in areas, as much as I like them, they present a different issue altogether in knowing if someone is in that area hunting because there is no vehicle around. So what can we do in those walk-in areas to kind of help us determine if somebody's in that area hunting? And if someone is in that area, what should we do at that point in time? Or if we even think someone's in that area, what should we do at that point?
1: Well, I guess that's a good question. Uh, and, and. My experience, i found if you get more than a half mile off a road, you're probably not going to run into anybody. But if you do, and it's a big enough chunk of area, just just go the opposite direction or or like I said earlier, have a backup plan and use all of your senses. Uh, I, I remember one year we were working a complaint of some turkey hunters and back when we had a drawing system only for turkey tags and a guy had borrowed a tag from someone else and didn't have his own tag and we were able to... Follow his locator calls. We watched them come out of their trailer on private land, walk onto the public land where they were hunting, and we had a vantage point there that we could see they were both carrying shotguns, and we could listen to their owl hoots <laughs> for 15 minutes until we knew where they were set up, and then we could hear their hen calls, and we yeah. just waited there for them to walk back later in the morning, and ended up making contact with them. And so use you, you know use it, all of your senses, not just your your sight, but you know your ears. Listen listen for signs like that, so you can tell where people are, and and you know it's not always going to work. But as hunters, we're keen to our surroundings and uh just be aware. And, and you know, you may stumble onto someone. Like I said before, just it, it's an accident. Turn around, go back the direction you came, if possible, or to give them a wide berth. And if they got there before you and it's public land and, and, you know, be the courteous one, be the one to give them. Give them their their morning there, and then you know you can always leave your note and maybe a phone number on their windshield that hey I'm hunting the same same area. I don't want to have the rule your hunt again. Maybe give me a call and we can work out you know the schedule here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when the again there when the table is turned and we're the ones in that area and someone comes in on us, what can we do? Uh, You mentioned taking out that orange decoy bag and waving it, and I think that's. You know, pretty smart to be able to do that to let some, let that other hunter know that you're in that area. But what are some other ways that we could let someone know that we're there? I guess that really falls yeah. into the whole safety thing as well. And, and that's, this is going to happen on, unfortunately, on private or public land at some point in time with us. Okay. So I hope you guys who hunt public land enjoyed that. And really, my takeaway from that interview is that this etiquette applies on private land as well, especially those of us who are part of a hunting club or camp where others turkey hunt the same property. So I've got a story about a run-in that I had with one of our hunting club members several years ago. Our property at the time consisted of about 2,000 acres. And it was divided into three distinct areas by roads and creeks. Each area was between 400 and 1,000 acres. So my agreement with this other member, we'll call him Danny, was that if I was hunting an area in the morning, he would go to one of the other two areas. And if either of us wanted to change our area, that we could go to the one open area, And that we would text each other and make sure that we weren't stepping on each other's toes. So Danny texted me one day. He said, hey, I'm going to the clubhouse side of the property. And I texted him back and I said, no, actually, I'm on the clubhouse side of the property. You can go to the other open area. And so he texted back and he said, no, I'm coming over there to the clubhouse side and I'm going to hunt. In such and such area of the clubhouse side. And I texted him back and said, do not come over here. Go hunt the other open piece of the property. Well, Danny decided to come on in there and hunt anyway. And it wasn't the biggest deal in the world, except it was a safety issue. And he violated our verbal agreement that we had. We had plenty of property to hunt. But he was determined to come in and hunt the area that I was hunting. And so he and I exchanged words at lunch, said what we had to say. And a couple hours later, he apologized because he knew that what he did was wrong. And we moved on. No big deal. No hard feelings. No issues from that point going forward. So the reason that I'm sharing that story is just to prove that This goes on even on private land, even on hunting club land, or if it's a private farm and someone else has permission to hunt that property, then these types of disagreements and misunderstandings can happen. So, be considerate of other hunters. When the dust settles, it really is just a bird. It's a turkey. And if we don't do something foolish in the woods, if a confrontation arises, then we'll live to hunt another day even if that you-know-what that screwed up your hunt or your plan to hunt kills your turkey. Okay, I do need one favor from you this week, please. Because of the nature of today's topic, I feel like we can do some good by sharing this episode with as many other hunters as possible. So, here is what I'm asking you to do. Those of you who are listening to the show who are members of a hunting forum, on the internet, it doesn't necessarily have to be a turkey hunting forum, but those are even better. And I'm talking about forums like Old Gobbler or AL Deer, any forum out there that's related to hunting. If you will post a link to this week's show on that forum, I would be very appreciative. The link to this show is as follows. Grab a pen and piece of paper. www I am turkeyhunting.com slash 129. The numbers 129. That's it. If you'll go on those forums and type a little comment about, hey, here's some great information about etiquette and safety for turkey hunting public land, and post that on there, we'll be BFFs again. Who knows? The person who happens upon your post and listens to this show may just be the person who shares the same turkey or deer woods with you. That's it. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and a very happy and blessed Easter. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in.